This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. As that promo lets you know, today's Wednesday, today's therapy day, or as I like to call it, Woosa Wednesdays, Workshop Wednesdays. I come breezing in. I dump everything out in a 50-minute session that I'd have to imagine this therapist, God bless her for listening to this. And then I just get out and cruise on with my life until next week when I lay out all my problems with planet Earth the following week. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, were presented by Progressive Insurance. She's Courtney Cronin, filling in for Amber Wilson. How you doing? How is it possible you can fill in and do radio tonight? And you're joining me tomorrow. You cover the Bears for a living. Aren't you busy? Yeah, but it's that weird time of year between training camp and the preseason and week one where the schedule just works. And, of course, we're kind of putting a bow on everything from this week. It's been busy. My team has not been, you know, fielding trade requests for running backs like Jonathan Taylor. Nice. But they do have the only Division two quarterback on an active roster in the NFL. Have you heard about the Tyson Bajan story? I have not. Fill me in on it. It's pretty cool. So he's from Division II Shepherd University. So in West Virginia, zero-star recruit to potential backup for Justin Fields. Now, they're not going all in just yet because there's only two quarterbacks on the roster between Fields and Tyson Bagent, this D2 kid. But he's in line right now to be the backup quarterback behind QB1 if QB wants to go down, and I don't really know any upgrades the Bears can make, whether they re-sign Nathan Peterman back to the practice squad, that are going to lead you to believe that somebody else would be a better fit in that position. So it's a wild story. We talked about it on SportsCenter yesterday. It's just a cool, feel-good story that panned out where this guy from the middle of nowhere, a prospect that unless you're in the scouting community, you haven't heard about all that much, is now an NFL quarterback. Like he can say from no matter if he makes it on this team, if he ends up somewhere else, if he somehow gets on the practice squad, he can say he made it. And he defied odds that are so stacked against players that come from programs division two and division three. And it was just really neat to cover this year. That's wild considering the Bears are a team that has a starting quarterback who loves to take big shots and put mm-hmm. himself in harm's way. So the backup quarterback in Chicago carries a little bit more value than, say, Jim Sorgi did all those years in Indianapolis behind Peyton Manning. Yeah, and this is a city where if Justin Fields struggles, let's say they get out to a 1-5 and five start, oh boy, there's going to be it. people calling for whoever is QB2 do it. to be getting into the mix. The great people of Chicago, don't do it to them. This is supposed to be a big season. Like I said, she's Courtney Cronin. I'm Joe Fortenball, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. The Jonathan Taylor story is a story that just keeps on giving. Newest layers that develop today, turns out, the Green Bay Packers were the mystery team interested in pursuing the Colts all-pro running back whom the team put on the trading block not too long ago but took off the trading block yesterday after their self-imposed deadline came and went. More details coming out. We knew Miami was interested, Courtney, but we didn't know to what extent. According to reports out of South Florida, I believe this is Barry Jackson from the Miami Herald, the Colts were asking for Miami wide receiver Jalen Waddell and more In the trade for Jonathan Taylor, Taylor's very good. I want to bring you up to speed on Waddle for those out there who might not be aware. He just finished his second year in the NFL with Miami. He's from Alabama. He was the number six overall pick. 
He's only been in the league two years. Year one, as a rookie, 104 receptions, 1,000 yards, six touchdowns. Last year when Tyreek Hill came in, he only caught 75 passes for 1,356 yards and eight touchdowns. Kid can play. What is Indianapolis thinking here? Do they think they'd be able to pull something like this off? This is such a wild trade request. I don't even have words for it. This right? is this is something where you're like, hmm, how much do you want my salary to be? How about $1 billion? Just like <laughs> throwing like the dumbest things out there to see if anybody is willing to bite. This is a team who has an owner who said that if Jonathan Taylor stopped playing in the NFL, if Jim Irsay, you know, died tomorrow that the NFL would move on and nobody would miss Jonathan Taylor. So they know, teams know that, and then they know that the asking price is something so astronomical. Like, it's a non sequitur. None of this thing, none of this adds up to where it's like, well, you don't really value this player, but what you want in return is the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, Mars, anything. And I just don't understand how I don't I don't think they were actually serious about this whole thing at all. I think that they are trying to send a message to Jonathan Taylor, the messaging that comes out continually from Indianapolis, even with Chris Ballard, their GM saying that this situation quote sucks. He's admitting that they have gotten to a level where this is beyond repair and it's terrible for the franchise. He's still saying, "Oh, well, we won 4 games last year. We won 4 games." He still has pain in his ankle. He's still throwing barbs at the guy who wants out of there and that you won't trade with a realistic price behind it and it continues to get messy messier and I don't honestly know when it's going to end to the point you were alluding to Colts GM Chris Ballard he spoke to the media he said this quote I'm not going to sit here and give you some rosy picture like oh everything's okay it sucks for the Colts it sucks for Jonathan Taylor and it sucks for our fans it just does it's where we're at and we've got to work through it And we're going to do everything we can to work through it. Relationships are repairable. They're repairable. Saying it the second time at the end sounds like he's trying to convince himself that, like, yeah, I think think we can repair this. I I think. (laughs) He's doubling down on something he knows is not going to work out. And this is the throwaway season for the Colts anyways. They're not supposed to be very good. But you do have a rookie quarterback you're trying to break in in Anthony Richardson. And key word – break in you don't want to break him in this process like there is so much that you have at risk here with a young quarterback who needs that run game support so he doesn't end up like Andrew Luck so he doesn't end up in a situation where he's taking hits where he doesn't where he has too much on his shoulders and he doesn't have anybody to take that pressure off of him yes Evan Hull and Deion Jackson were great in that final preseason game do you know either of those names off the top of your head and you're like oh yeah that'll really help Anthony Richardson in year one I haven't even looked to see if either of them made the active roster that's how that's where we're (laughs) at right now so it's a situation that's unfortunate and it's unfortunate for Jonathan Taylor because you're wasting the prime years of your career based on how this thing is playing out with the franchise that has the rights to you. Now they are starting you on the pup, so you have to miss four games at minimum. Even if you got traded, you'd still have to be four games on ice for whichever franchise were to get you. It's just, it sucks. There's literally, Chris, Chris, Chris Ballard put that eloquently when he decided to succinctly sum up how this whole situation has gone out. Yeah, now we heard just now from Chris Ballard what he had to say about the situation. Chris Greer is the general manager of the Dolphins. Here's what he had to say on the report that the Colts were interested in wide receiver Jalen Waddell. 
You said 95% of what's reported is inaccurate, so i got to ask you, did the words Jalen Waddle come out of Chris's mouth? <laughs> Uh, again, I'm not going to go into discussions that were <laughs> talked about with stuff, but God, man, you're uh, you're a dog on this, huh? <laughs> but but yeah, Jalen Waddle would not be available to anybody. It wouldn't matter who who they called about. It feels like a team that is dealing with a problem that was totally avoidable, totally avoidable. If the owner doesn't say what he says about the running back position earlier in the summer, this doesn't spiral to where it spiraled to. Like the, I, I am convinced this whole argument we've had all summer long about running backs and whether or not they're devalued, it has been so insulting to be a running back and listen to this because we're using words. We're not necessarily saying, well, you know, the position's been devalued. We keep talking about how they're just not worth as much. They're just, it's, it's the position doesn't carry the prestige it used to. Every way you slice it down, running backs are just constantly being insulted in the sense of it's like, well, you know, they're just not going to be worth what these other positions are worth. And I think they're all taking it personal now. And then when Ursay came out and said what he said, that just kind of lit the fuse for everything that's taken place in Indianapolis. And he's the reason that this is spiraled into a yeah. situation that feels beyond repair. Like, I know that Chris Ballard says he believes that they can fix it. They can't. They're not going to be able to fix this. I don't think Jonathan Taylor ends up playing for the Colts this year. I think he sits out, and hopefully he's not in a Le'Veon Bell situation where he can, you know, go somewhere else next year, and hopefully they don't franchise tag him. Like, it just seems like the Colts are trying to, like, it's the battle of who can get the last word in here. And Jim Ursay cannot shut up quick enough to continue right. to put his foot in his mouth. And the moments that he has tried to walk it back, he's only stepped in it further. And here we are on the eve of week one with Jonathan Taylor on the pup list. So even if they did work things out, they'd still have to keep him there for four weeks. And it's just going to hurt your quarterback. And frankly, it hurts the entire team. There are teams around the NFL like Seattle, Cleveland, Jacksonville, who have had a relatively quiet summer. All right. These teams have just kind of gone about their business. You've heard a peep here and there, but not a whole lot. Then there are teams like the Colts, the Bills, and the 49ers who are making news every which way at every turn. The Niners and Nick Bosa, the best defensive player in the league. Are they going to figure out a contract extension? Because this situation seems to be percolating as we speak. It could be getting even worse in San Francisco. We're going to talk about that next. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. 
Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, here we go. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's go right back to the Bay Area where we concluded last week the discussion about the Niners just pulling the ripcord on former number three overall draft pick Trey Lance. They ship him to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth round pick. It's dissected all weekend long, including Monday. The story that's been even bigger in the Bay Area but isn't getting nearly enough attention because I don't think people have noticed this is that reigning defensive player of the year Nick Bosa has not been in camp. He hasn't been a part of anything the Niners are doing because he's looking for a new contract and a big one because he's coming off a monster season where, again, he was named defensive player of the year. Head coach Kyle Shanahan speaking to the media recently on the Nick Bosa contract negotiations. I thought it would come probably to this time, just looking at the history of those things, and I'm really hoping it gets done. I know they're working tirelessly at it. John, Hamp, Prague, I know their, their team is, and hopefully we can get him in here sooner than later. Any way you can imagine this team not having him on the team, say, if this thing goes on into the regular season? Uh, yeah, you, I can imagine anything. Doesn't mean I like that picture of course not you guys know how we feel about Nick and we all know how good of a player he is so hopefully we can come to terms soon and um, get him here as fast as possible little Bill Belichick in the subtle tones of Kyle Shanahan meaning there's no voice fluctuations whatsoever Courtney 18 and a half sacks last year 18 and a half he has had 34 sacks over the last two seasons and that includes missing a game so 34 sacks in his last 34 regular season games. That does not include all the QB pressures. That does not include all the penalties he induces. Guys jumping off sides, guys that are holding them, guys that chop block them, all that stuff. How concerned would you be if you were in the Bay Area right now covering this story about whether or not the Niners get this deal done? Considerably, because you think about the additions that they made around Nick Bosa this year. Javon Hargrave was their big fish free agent, so they upgraded the interior of that defensive line. And Nick Bosa is the best pass rusher in the NFL. Like you can think, if he's not, I don't know. Some people get in that conversation: is he the best defender? Is he this? Is he that? We know for a fact he is the best pass rusher in the NFL. They need him out there, and I would get absolutely. I would be fear. 
curious if I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan wondering what the heck is taking so long. Of course, it's contract, it's the structure of it, it's the amount of years, it's the guarantees. He wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. Aaron Donald currently holds that title. He makes just under $32 million a year. Nick Bosa is in that category. If we're splitting hairs here over the way that something's structured, like that's just silliness. You needed him in camp, and now that that time is come and gone, you're dealt now with getting him in for week one. You are hopeful that a player like that doesn't need much time to ramp up because he's very clearly he's an NFL player. He's been working on his own, on the side, keeping his body in shape. But this defense will look drastically different if its best player is not there. So, of course, you can understand why Kyle Shanahan, Mr. Monotone there, God, he's been catching strays for yep. a week now after the Trey Lance thing fell through. So that's an admission of hey, we screwed up here. The decision-making wasn't great, and then we bring in all of his other decision-makings over the last couple of years, the last decade of his career, and now this, it doesn't look good right now. And he's not the only one. I mean, Chris Jones is in a situation with the Kansas City Chiefs where they don't know whether he's going to be there for week one despite their general manager, Brett Veach, saying, yeah, I think he's going to be back. We're hopeful. 49ers are also hopeful with Nick Bosa, but right now, no progress is no news, and that's not a good thing for the 49ers. There is no better market in the country to make mistakes than the Bay Area because the media is not coming at you at all. No one is going to come at you at all. I was there for six years. I watched it. It is staggering how much they will let you get away with. Shanahan will be held up in the highest of regards, and he should be in a lot of sense because he he came in after the Jim Tom Sula, Chip Kelly back-to-back run that was just a disaster. He stabilized the organization. But you swing and miss on Trey Lance. If you followed anybody who's talking about anything up there, prior to anything happening with Trey Lance, it was just defensive Trey Lance, defensive Trey Lance, defensive Trey Lance. Then they cut him. Then all of a sudden, here comes the waterworks. Trey Lance couldn't do anything and practice. Trey Lance was terrible here. He was terrible there. All the stories come out. And no one's going after Shanahan for the miss. That is a huge miss. You make that miss in New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Boston. They're coming for you. In the Bay Area, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's they got a fourth rounder for him, so at least they figured out and how to make something happen. they were even surprised they could get that much for him. Right. Which is exactly. just an absurd proposition when you gave up three first-round picks and a day-two pick to get him. Yeah. And the Bosa deal should be done. Let's be honest here. He was the number two overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. He went right after Kyler Murray. He's played four seasons with the team. This is going to be the season with the fifth-year option. You knew this was coming. You knew you were going to have to break the bank for this player. Aaron Donald, like you said, is the highest-paid non-quarterback in the NFL. Average annual value, $31.6 million. Tyreek Hill right behind him at $30 million. If you go inside Aaron Donald's deal, which I'm going to try to do right now, he ended up signing a three-year, $95 million deal with the Rams. You have got to come out and break the bank. The fact that you're even dancing around on this means either A, Bosa is asking for something completely ridiculous, or B, you're trying to nickel and dime him. And this should be a situation that is done if you're in the Bay Area right now. You're contending for Super Bowls. You don't have time for guys like this to be holding out, thinking about not playing for you in week one. I don't understand why teams take this stuff down to the wire. You're expecting the other side to blink. And most times it ends up being the team that, for a player like this, we're not talking about any other position other than the running back. It's usually that this stuff ends up getting done at the 11th hour. But why do you have to take it to that level? That just it's just so disingenuous. 
Deadlines create action. The thing I with this that, is you, you, it's like this is what the whole point of the draft is. Hit on a star player and then pay them. All right, we're going to tell you the best and worst case scenarios next for two key teams in the NFL. Patriots, Packers. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Kevin Winter isn't lying. If you haven't seen this, you've got to find a way to at least check out the pictures. Nebraska women's volleyball has sold out Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's where the Cornhusker football team plays. It is completely sold out all the way around the stadium. People on the field as well because the volleyball court naturally doesn't take up as much space as a football field. It is a sea of red. I'm glad he brought that up. That is a sight to behold. And She's that's, court- that's oh, probably. Nope. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say nope, that's please. probably going to be the best product that's in that stadium this year. Oh boy! Now here we go. Sorry, I am no. a I, you. You live it. You're an Indiana graduate. I am, so but I mean, I'm also. It's not really a shot when it's a fact. <laughs> so this is how you all get down. I always thought the Midwest people were the nicest, most accommodating, but obviously Indiana grads, Nebraska grads, Iowa grads, none of you like each other, I take it. I just I don't understand the hype around a team that hasn't won anything in a very long time, in my lifetime, and they keep paying <laughs> all of these coaches that don't coach for them anymore. That's true. And Matt Rule has like a bajillion-dollar deal. So we'll see how it pans out, but – Good for the volleyball team. I mean, that is, you're right. It is a really cool photo. It looks like they've got a gorgeous night in Lincoln, Nebraska to watch this happen. I uh, will say this to the power of Twitter. When I was originally moving to Las Vegas the first time back in 2011, I'm driving across the country. It's getting to be about lunchtime. I'm hungry. I'm near Nebraska. I fire out some texts like, hey, are there any good barbecue spots or anything in Lincoln, Nebraska? I got enough responses. I chose a place called Fat Jack's. It was outstanding. I got the uh, the burnt ends. They said yeah. if you're there early enough, you can get the burnt ends. Shout out to Fat Jacks and everyone in Lincoln. Unlike Courtney Cronin, I don't I don't have any reason to yell at you. You people were very nice to me. I don't know why she's so mad. Is it no, as an Indiana grad? Who do you end up hating the most? It's Purdue people. 
Purdue, yeah, that's what I thought. All right, Purdue. Scum of the earth, Purdue. I'm a Penn State grad. I wish I was in the west side of the equation because I got to deal with Ohio State and Michigan. I can't say anything negative because we got our brains beat in every year by those two teams. All right, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Little game here, best case, worst case. The New England Patriots. Courtney Cronin, you get the floor first. What is the best case scenario for the New England Patriots this season? The best case scenario is that Mac Jones takes the leap in year three, all is well in Patriot land. Bill O'Brien comes in and saves the day, and this quarterback ends up being the answer for the New England Patriots, the first answer they will have had at that position since Tom Brady. Look, I know that there are people who are upset that they didn't get DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. That's okay. I know there are people who are upset they didn't get Dalvin Cook. That's okay. They got Ezekiel Elliott instead. They've reworked enough pieces on offense that he should be able to take that next step. Juju Smith-Schuster got in there this offseason. They re-signed Devontae Parker. Tyquan Thornton's still there. Like It should be okay. Defensively, though... I think the best-case scenario is that all of these picks that they made in the first two rounds, Keon White, Christian Gonzalez, that those guys pan out and that Bill Belichick looks like the Bill Belichick of old that can get in his bag and out-scheme you six ways to Sunday. So that's the best-case scenario for the New England Patriots. And on top of that, other things break their way in the division. They are in one of the hardest, if not the hardest, divisions in the AFC East. Best case for them would be the Jets to be – an implosion? I don't know. I, I can't see it happening. I think they're still going to, even if they miss the playoffs, they're still going to be like a nine-win team because they have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. But they need other things to go poorly for the three other teams in their division for things to be best-case scenario by the end of 2023. Okay. Best-case scenario for me. This is best-case. It's not a prediction for all of you lunatics listening, getting ready to fire off on the internet. It's not a prediction it's best case i could see 11 wins i have a feeling i have a feeling there is an alternative universe where belichick has looked around at his team realized what he is realized what he isn't and is tailoring a game plan that is not going to look like the modern day nfl but it's going to fit what his team wants to do gone are two non-offensive coordinators who were for some inexplicable reason calling the plays last year in matt patricia and joe judge in comes Bill O'Brien, who, say what you want, he was a pretty good head coach at, with the Houston Texans, and he was just calling the plays in Atlanta for the, or excuse me, Alabama for the Crimson Tide. I could see a world where the Patriots have a game plan that works like this. We are going to have an elite defense this year, and there's a case to be made that they are loaded defensively. We are going to run the football, and we are going to put our quarterback in very manageable situations. We're going to grind the clock. We're going to make these games ugly. We're going to try to keep it within one possession, and then we're going to steal it from you late if we're not already winning it. That is my best-case version of what we see with New England this year. What is your worst-case version for the Patriots? A 6-11 finish and Bill Belichick being on the tail end of his career there. Worst case is that they go nuclear option. They lose a lot of games this year, bottom finish again in the AFC East, and that Robert Kraft says, you know what, I've had enough of Bill calling the shots here. 
and moving on from Bill Belichick. I can't imagine a world in which that happens, which is why I'm going worst case here. Yeah. But that would mean the failure of Bill Belichick, not only a coach, but also general manager, of picking Mac Jones, because that means that they would ha- be in position next year to go get a quarterback, or at least need one if Mac Jones isn't going to be your guy, whether that's a veteran, whether that's going back to the draft. It could all be for naught. All the moves that they made to try to support this quarterback if it's a 6-11 and 11 finish, because it probably means that there's a change in the leadership. Okay, I gave you 11 wins as the best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, I think they might be the last team to win a football game. They are going to, and you can bet this in Las Vegas, 20-1, to 1, Patriots are the last team to win a football game. They open with Philadelphia and Miami, back-to-back at home. Then they're at New York to take on the Jets, at Dallas to take on the Cowboys. That's a reasonable 0-4 start right there. They're going to be dogs in all four of those games. They will host the Saints on Sunday, October 8th, where they'll be a favorite. Then they go to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. It's winnable. Host the Bills at the Dolphins. It could be a very daunting start. Mac Jones could not be the guy. Bill O'Brien might not be the savior they're hoping for. And oh, by the way, hardest schedule in the NFL this year. If you look at opponent's win totals in the eyes of Vegas. There's no team that's got a harder schedule this year than the New England Patriots. I could see three to four wins, a complete disaster. Mac Jones isn't the guy. And then we're talking about whether or not Belichick should be brought back. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We're playing a little best case, worst case scenario. We just handled the Patriots. Let's move to the Green Bay Packers. In the eyes of many at the start of the summer to be the worst team in the NFC North, the tide is changing on that as of right now. Courtney, you cover the Bears for a living. You know the NFC North very well. Best case scenario for the Packers. Is that they don't drop off from where they were at with Aaron Rodgers. And yes, they missed the playoffs last year. Rodgers didn't look like himself, the guy who won back-to-back MVPs. Well, he was also not invested. So go like two years back. That they are not that far off from that level. And that all of the years sitting, waiting, wishing for Jordan Love to get in at quarterback, that it all paid off and that there wasn't much of a change drop off at the quarterback position because this is a wide open division in ways that the division we were just talking about was not with the AFC East that Green Bay runs the table and that it might take 10 wins to win the NFC North that is best case scenario for Matt LaFleur and this team best case scenario for me I bet this they win the division they win the division they get to the playoffs maybe they win a playoff game if they somehow draw a weak wild card team I don't know if there will be a weak wild card team because those teams could be Seattle, uh, the Cowboys, you name it. But I think that's your best case scenario. The mindset here is that Rodgers is gone and this team is in the tank. They can play defense. They've got a two-headed beast at the running back position. They've got a pretty talented young wide receiver. And maybe it turns out Jordan Love isn't terrible. There is a world that exists where Jordan Love is a competent quarterback. And if he is, are we really ready to anoint the Detroit Lions, the cream of the crop in the NFC North? They look like it. But they got problems with the kicker position right now. And I know that sounds funny, but Detroit's coming into the season with issues on defense as well. Chicago won three games last year. They're on the rise. But are they ready to step up? And then Minnesota. Minnesota, 13 wins last year. They go 11-0 and in one-score games. They are going to come back down to earth to an extent. Best-case scenario for the Packers is winning the division. What's the worst-case scenario? Whew. 
that they really do have to hit reset, that it becomes a bottom finish, six win, five win, bottom of the barrel in the NFC North, and that they don't get to go about this rebuild quietly behind the scenes. It wasn't even a rebuild. A rebuild's where you siphon off veterans, that that's what they'd have to do if they end up not doing well this season, if they end up getting swept by a team like Detroit or any other division opponent, and if Jordan Love's not very good because for 30 years they had quarterback stability in Green Bay. The unknown is a scary place because they don't experience it all that often. So if Jordan Love ends up not being the Rodgers to Brett Favre, how he was in filling in for him and taking over in the mid-2000s, then that's going to be uncharted waters for this team that's going to have to figure it out. And that's a scary place to be with Brian Gutekunst leading the way in the front office and with Matt LaFleur having gone to all those NFC championships in a row and then in weird territory where they're not a good football team. Worst case scenario for the Green Bay Packers, they win four or five games, Love stinks, LaFleur gets fired, Rodgers and the Jets win the Super Bowl. Nothing would be worse than that. Being bad is one thing. Rodgers and the Jets end up having a ton of success in winning the Super Bowl. You got to watch that happen. That would be an absolute killer for the organization. Ooh, I've got one final thing. Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, for, you know, I'm not putting that out there, but if he gets hurt and doesn't hit that 60% of playing time threshold, that second, a conditional Ooh. second stays a second <laughs> round pick. <laughs> get even worse for them that's very well done very well done speaking of quarterbacks one who was banged up doesn't look like it anymore joe burrow back at practice but will he be fully ready to play in week one in a tough matchup in cleveland against the browns we'll talk about that next she's courtney cronin i'm joe fortinball this is joe and amber on espn radio joe and amber the podcast 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Joe Burrow back at practice today. A huge positive sign for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's all about the health and how he feels. You know, that's the most important thing. Like really getting him back and back fast as possible. Just make sure he's healthy and 100% healthy with his mind. Alongside Courtney Cronin, my name's Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Yep, you heard it right. Joe Burrow, starting quarterback, Cincinnati Bengals, back at practice. Is that good news for Cincinnati? Yeah, it's good news. But how great does he feel? Is he going to be ready to go in, I believe it's 11 days when the Bengals kick off their season in Cleveland against the Browns? That game is no joke. We'll dive into that a little bit more as we get moving. But, Courtney, what are you expecting here early in the year? It's a calf injury. The Bengals have played it coy, and they've also had him out for quite a bit. He was a part of none of the preseason. They have gone very delicate with this approach. It's the right approach when you got a quarterback like that. But you got people out there talking about the fact that Burrow needs to think about getting the bag, getting paid, taking the risk playing early in the season. I don't think he's made up like that. I don't think that's how he thinks. I am very surprised that he went back to practice 
And again, no injury reports are out yet, so we won't know truly in what capacity and what all he did. I thought that he would not step foot back on the field until he got his new contract. So this one is a little surprising to me that he is, you know, we saw the video of him trotting out there, helmet in hand, and he apparently went through a practice. It scares me because he doesn't have the protections, and we don't, like, in terms of financially protections. And um, I just worry about that. And I worry about the fact that, calf injuries like where your calf is I don't know maybe I'm the only one Joe my mind always goes to Kevin Durant remember that calf injury he had in 2019 everybody's like oh man it's a calf injury like hurry up and get back out there how bad can it be how bad it was turned into him rupturing his Achilles in the NBA finals and I just I hope it doesn't go there I'm not a doctor I don't know the severity of this thing but if it does then this will be something we all look back on with regret. The only reason I have some faith here is that all these weeks that went by where Joe Burrow was out of practice and they had their backup quarterbacks running the show, they didn't end up signing anybody. They kept the roster with Trevor Simeon and Jake Browning. It's not like, man, we know Joe Burrow is going to be out for an indefinite amount of time. Let's go find somebody. Let's go sign somebody. Let's go trade for somebody. So that gives me hope that it's not as bad as it sounds like it could have been. But again, we won't know until we see that injury report next Wednesday. And you just hope that they're being limited and cautious with him. Because we remember what happened last year when he missed all that time in the preseason with the appendectomy. He comes in and he gets lit up in week one in that overtime loss. to the Oh, Pittsburgh God, Steelers. they were awful in that game. What, they have like six turnovers in that game? He threw the Steelers four, had no business winning that game. He threw four interceptions. He looked terrible. Whew. I think two were yeah. a turn for touchdowns, right? Yeah. He got sacked <laughs> like a hundred times. You're like, this times. Bengals team stinks. And then they quickly turned it around and ran through a lot of teams on their way to uh, the AFC Championship game. Start of the season, no joke for Cincinnati. They're going to be in Cleveland where they're two and a half point favorites. I like Cleveland in that game. I have been very clear that I think the Cleveland Browns are going to be a much more formidable out than people realize this season. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm going to embarrass myself by season's end, but I think they're legit. And then week two, you're going to host the Baltimore Ravens. 0-2 is a possibility. Not saying it's going to happen, but it is a possibility for Cincinnati given that schedule and Burrow's status. Super Bowl or bust, that's the only way to say it in Cincinnati. And there's nothing negative about that sentiment. You want to be Super Bowl or bust. means you're legit. Two years ago, you lost in a Super Bowl. Last year, you lost a tight one in the AFC Championship game. Anything short of a Super Bowl win, they're going to be disappointed in Cincinnati. Good news is if you survive the opening two games, the next four host the Rams visit the Titans, visit the Cardinals, host the Seahawks by week before you play the Niners and the Bills back-to-back. So 4-2, and 4-2 and two looks reasonable for Cincinnati heading into the bye. And if that's the case, at that point in time and Burroughs healthy, they're going to be positioned quite nicely to do what a lot of people think they can do this year. Yeah, I just, I go back to what Jamar Chase floated out there in training camp. You remember that interview yep. he did where he's like, oh, like, you know, we could survive, and I'm paraphrasing, more or less to week five without him. Was he throwing out week five because he knew that he was hearing that behind the scenes, that that might be the way that they want to slow play this thing? I don't know. I'm not trying to speculate on what he was saying versus what it actually means, but you've got to go slow with this thing. And I just hope that the fact that he took the practice field today indicates he's further along 
than we realize because we haven't heard from him. We haven't heard from him. I don't remember the last time. It was probably July when they started training camp, and he was talking about the contract and the fact that he felt like it'll get done when it gets done. That's what you got to see first, but beyond that, I really hope that he's in a spot where he's not pushing this thing. Just got to get onto the field week one because he's going to get paid. He should get paid without it, and I just don't think this team can risk it. Okay, so you're not the only one who feels that way. Herm Edwards, ESPN football analyst, he's on Greeny earlier today. Here are his thoughts on how the Bengals should handle the Burrow situation. Joe Burrow, I want to go, but you're going to deal with the doctors and the trade. This is a long season, 17 games, and every game is important. Like, you know, this team is double-digit winning team, and they're playing in a tough division, by the way. A division that's going to be very competitive, but you don't want to risk a guy that's going to provide you at least 35-plus touchdown passes a year for one game. It's a long season, so they'll measure it, you know, and, and Joe Burrow's a competitor. He wants to play. Only the doctors and the head coach know exactly where he's at. I'm surprised this many people feel that they should go very cautious with him early. Not saying it's wrong. I just didn't think that many people would think, you know what? Let's take it easy with Joe Burrow early in the season and we'll get him back later. But again, if it doesn't work out with the calf and he gets injured further, season's going to be a disaster anyway. I think people are also cognizant of the contract situation that you don't want to see somebody lose out on hundreds of millions of dollars because of an injury that they came back too early from. So hopefully, I mean, first off, before week one, he's got to sign a deal. The fact that this hasn't been done again. Right. It's not supposed to be the same old Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Fortenbaugh. They were supposed to change when they went to the Super Bowl. So hopefully something gets done here in the next 11 or so days. Like, that guy is beloved in Cincinnati. Again, what's what's the holdup here? You're going to give him too much? Is the thought process that you might give Joe Burrow too much money? Who's going to be mad about that? You don't think the return on investment down the line is going to be good, right? Like, three years from now, it's not even going to matter what the number is because it's already going to have been reset five or six times. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.